Blog Talk Radio. This is Marty Oakley of the PPJ Gazette Online, and this is the TS Radio Network. We had a little difficulty getting on tonight and getting logged in, but we got here. So I'm sorry for the delay, but better late than never, as they always say. Tonight, my co-host is John LeCron, and we're going to be discussing the sabotaging of the supply chain. Now, if you haven't noticed, there's been everything done, especially to the truckers, to prevent them from hauling loads and distributing supplies across the country, up to and including a vaccine mandate for the Canadian-U.S. border, where most of our supplies come through. Uh, Much to the credit of Canadian truckers, there's 35,000 now estimated having descended on Ottawa peacefully. No trouble. They did have a couple of saboteurs sent in. Um, They singled them out, got them out of there. But they are demanding a lift to all of this, and they want Trudeau out of office, which I agree. They need to get rid of him and take Joe Biden with you. And they're trying to redesign this or label it as an insurrection. I don't see anybody breaking into buildings, waving guns around. I don't see anybody screaming and hollering and mobbing any public building. They're simply sitting there. What's your problem? But it's very important that you come to think that this is some sort of insurrection like what happened in D.C. on January 6th when these lunatics descended on a federal building, smashed windows, broke into doors, uh, did all sorts of insane things, and then wondered why people got upset. There's ways to do things and ways to not. These Canadian truckers are showing us how. Now, supposedly, there is a convoy starting in California heading to D.C. Like, that's going to do any good. Uh, I appreciate the effort. I truly do. And it's nice to see you finally standing up. But the fact of the matter is, nobody in D.C. gives a rat's behind whether you live, die, or survive. And if you haven't figured that out yet, I don't know what to do for you. We're out here on our own. We've got to take care of us. Don't be looking to government because all they're going to do is hurt you. And I believe, wasn't it, Ronald Reagan said the most terrifying words any American is here can hear is, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Uh-huh. Anyway, if you've been in any of the grocery stores, if you've done anything, and I'm sure you have, you've noticed the empty shelves. Even Walmart, a store I absolutely detest, has a massive number of shelves that are empty or almost empty what's going on walmart of all places who gets 90 percent of their product from china we have cargo ships that have been sitting for months off the outside the ports on both coasts and for some reason they're not allowed to unload 
the USDA said it would just be a, a fiasco trying to inspect all those containers. Only thing is, USDA doesn't, even on a good day, inspect all those containers. They at most do 1% to 3%. The rest are let slide through. You can't handle that much merchandise. It would take the whole state of California just to handle the containers that come in and inspect them. This is how we got uh, Infamil with melamine in it. This is how we've gotten medications that have been tainted. Um, all come, by the way, all your medications come out of China. So do your vaccines. And, um, well, for the most part, they do. But this is what I'm saying. We are being cut off. This comes from seeing our manufacturing base over the last 25 years disassembled. We make nothing. We produce nothing. And we are importing into the country things we should be producing ourselves. Nothing should be imported into this country that we can produce for ourselves. The only things we should be getting are things that we can't produce, certain produce, you know, other other items, I don't know what they would be. I don't know anything we can't do. We have been steered very carefully into this position. And now it's either stand up and fight or go out on your knees and beg. It's up to you what you're going to do. Tonight we'll be talking about how to try to sidestep this, how to survive what's coming, what's descending upon us now. So with that in mind, John, take it away. Good evening, Marty. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, please take notes tonight because believe you me, uh, this artificial scarcity is only going to get progressively worse. Now, if you've been listening to Marty and me for any period of time, you know that we talked about this early in 2020, that as the uh, next year or two, there was going to be a series of dominoes. And one of those things was obviously going to be a scarcity of food, which Marty and I cover almost every show. But on top of that, a scarcity of a lot of different things. And we're going to talk about some of those things tonight. But more importantly, we're also going to sit here and remind you to think critically, to itemize the things in your life that are important. Now, in March of 2020, everybody and their brother thought that toilet paper was the most important thing to own on this God green earth. And I'm telling you, it was a wholesale. People were getting into fights over that last roll of toilet paper. This is the insanity of the world that we're living in. And what had changed between the time that they claimed this hoax came out and that point in time where everybody was rushing the stores to get toilet paper? Nothing. Absolutely nothing other than perceptions. And something that my father had taught me back in the early 80s, man, it really took to my heart. When he told me this, he said, John, when the stock market crashed in 1929, he says, nothing had changed other than people's attitudes. Now, that was the most powerful thing my father could have told me, especially during that time frame. Because during that time frame, we had the hyperinflation going on. We had, uh, you know, that was <laughs> Jimmy Carr. Good grief. Don't even get me started on that guy. But uh, you had inflation and a stagnating economy. The word for it back then was stagflation. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's coming back to roost. Only 2022 is going to look make the 1970s look like the good old days. 
This isn't a joke, folks. This is a very serious issue. When we talk about scarcity, there's this perception of, oh, my goodness, there's not enough of something out there. Okay, so the natural question to come after that is, why? What has happened? When the stock market crashed, there was this impression of, oh, my goodness. Yet you had this situation where most people didn't actually have cash. They still had their farms. They still had a, you know, the ability to grow their own groceries and do this kind of thing. So the bases were pretty much covered other than the cash issue. Now, some communities, what they did is they worked together as a team, individual contracts with people. I'll give you a classic example during the Depression era. I read one incident there where the owner of a farm had one employee that worked for him. And he went to the employee and says, listen, I'm not going to be able to do this the way we've done it at this point, where I would give you a check, you know, every week or whatever. So what we're going to do, if you will agree to it, is everything that the the, uh, farm makes this year, I get the following year, you get it back and forth, any and all profit from that. And back then, you could do trust. You could do things with a handshake. You could believe in each other. Now, they don't want people to think like that now. Now they want you to hire an army of attorneys and sit there and look at every word, which is, of course, legally fraud anyway. If you know how to read that crap, you don't want anything to do with attorneys, but that's beside the point. But it carried that farm, that owner, and that employee through the toughest period in time up to that point. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have to get back to that way of thinking. And you've heard me talk about it, and you've heard Marty talk about it. If you're not currently working your way around and finding different people that have different abilities or different functions, your mechanic, somebody who knows something about um, being able to deal with homeopathy, you know, healthcare, and, you know, finding some other people that know how to build things and find other people who are growing groceries, other people that are ranching and raising animals for food. You need to have that group of people right now, not next week, not next month, not next year. Ladies and gentlemen, you're already way behind the power curve if you don't have that group of people in your circle of friends right now. Because when this thing actually truly hits as hard as it is going to, well, let me simply say, you're not going to be able to find those friends because the lack of trust, if it hasn't been established before things hit the fan, it's going to be much that much harder to establish it after the fact. So let's talk about some of the artificial scarcities that we had. First of all, the 1929 crash was based on a bunch of fraudulent garbage again. It's all this system of uh, economics where they sit there and put money into the economy, let the fire start burning, everybody's happy, the roaring 20s, remember folks, and then they pull out the rug from underneath you. You've heard me identify it over and over again as vulture 
capitalism. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what the bankers have done in our past. They did it in the 1700s, they did it in the 1800s, and they did it in the early 1900s, which is why the people were screaming at the top of their lungs, we need to change this thing. So what did the bankers do? The banker says, they're going to get something passed, so we better be all over this and be the ones that are producing this. And that's what we got. We got the Federal Reserve System based on the fraud of some bankers and a senator getting together and going and conspiring against the American people. And you'll notice nothing changed. It took from 1913 to 1933 to bankrupt the United States Corporation yet again. And again, we don't have time for me to get into all the details. If you've listened to this show before, you know all about it. Today is a day of national consecration. Where Franklin Delano Roosevelt hypothecated every man, every woman, every boy, every girl, and all of their real property to stand as surety for the debts. Now, what is money? Money is just a tool. It's something for the ease of use between people for commerce. To exchange goods and exchange services. But if you truly break it down to its most basic element, it is simply energy. That's it. It is simply energy. Because what does it say on that little note? What does it tell you? Full faith and credit. Full faith and credit. Of who? The United States Corporation. See, the Federal Reserve is a private banking cabal. Okay, we've gotten into that multiple times here, so we're not going to spend any time there now. But the point is, it has always gotten its value from our energy, the energy of the men and the women that produce things. We produce real wealth. See, government has no wealth. Government, Latin origin words meaning mind control. Okay, John. Government has – yes, ma'am. You okay? Yeah, I'm sorry. I was going to queue up a phone call here, but they disconnected. And uh, while we have this little break, let me say something to callers. We'll take any call, but if you call in from a blocked number, one 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 number, I will not take your call. Uh, usually, those are setups, and we're not doing it. So, uh, and for those of you from area code 202 access tonight, we ain't taking your call either, unless you want to identify yourself and come on, speak your piece. With that said, go ahead, John. All right. But it's our energy that gives value to their system. And this is, again, why I keep reminding everybody, stop consenting to their tyranny and their entire house of calls cards fall. What happens if we have a war and nobody puts on a uniform? And don't get me wrong. There is such a legitimate thing as a war for the right reasons. But I'm telling you right now, making profits for the Vatican Rothschild bankers and making profits for the military-industrial complex is not the right reasons to go to war. Let's be clear about that. So we've talked about the monopoly of this thing called money, one eye. Well, we've also got this monopoly in this thing called fuel, oil. 
okay? Now, don't get me wrong. I love my car. I love my trucks, okay? And, yeah, we run around on fuel, gasoline produced from oil. Yet we know for a fact that back in the 1970s, we had cars that were running around on water. Water. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, what did they do with the man that created that? They murdered him. They murdered him. Can't have a competition. Remember, oil controls governments. Food controls people. What happens when your fuel is nothing more than going down to the stream and taking a dip of water and throwing it in the car? Huh? Oh, we can't make money on that. Well, heck, let's go back to the 30s and talk about electricity. The same game was played. We had, quote-unquote, free electricity starting up. Oh, Rockefeller says, we can't have that. There's no money to be made. So he pulled the funding. This is the game that has been played again and again and again. It's artificial scarcity. This thing called money has been used to control us. Federal Reserve notes have been controlling us our entire lives. Controls labor. It controls the value of commodities. How many times have I talked about the fact that they use their fiat currency, which they can produce indefinite amounts of, to control the price of all commodities on the Crimex, a.k.a. the Comex. I love calling it the Crimex for a reason, because crimes happen there. When you're manipulating the price of gold, silver, wheat, oats, pick your poison. doesn't matter to support and prop up your fiat currency, which is worthless. That's a problem. Transportation is now an issue. And believe you me, I'm loving what I'm seeing happen up there in Canada. Loving it to death. And more importantly, we're seeing support coming from American truckers also. Now, what's taking place is a message is getting sent. But please realize there are repercussions to this domino effect. Now, most people I'm assuming that are listening to this are American, so we're going to talk mostly from an American perspective. But we will talk about Canadian perspective too because, believe you me, our neighbors in the north are being affected in ways that are impacting us and vice versa. Now, this is all about getting that magical injection that's supposed to save the world, which we all know is a clot shot designed to murder people or turn them into slaves. We know that. There's a court case that's taking place right now. You can watch it online. The facts are being presented. There's a couple of German lawyers that started it, and I've been following it now for months. Well, they're finally taking the case to the people. And believe you me, all the dirt that I've been following in all these interviews these people have been doing, they've got their facts straight. But the problem is now that we're seeing the dominoes play their cards. These truckers are busy shutting down 
the criminal government. They're sending a direct message. And I'm all for that. Believe me, I am. Plus all the support that they're getting from the people and from everybody else around the world. But here's the thing. If those truckers are doing that, they're not out delivering goods and services. In California, that fascist headquarters, in California, they shut down the trucking industry recently. What they did is mandated that all trucks had to be within a couple of years old. Anything prior to that could no longer be used. Now, it was okay if it came from Mexico and it's a truck from 1962. That's fine. And the Mexican driving the truck is, uh, you know, barely capable of keeping it on the road. And don't get me started on the condition of the truck because it's a road hazard when pieces of the truck come flying off into the road. Whereas an American trucker can't even come close to competing with that because they've got to have all of their stuff up to standards. This is the way a game is played. But worse than that, in the next few years, you can't make this stuff up, Marty. They have mandated, California has mandated that all trucks must be electric. Ladies and gentlemen, you cannot haul the tens of thousands of pounds on an electric motor. I don't care how big that motor is. They don't even have it, anything remotely to showcase and say, here, this is what you need to be buying, guys. And this is only a few years away, folks. They know what they're doing. They are deliberately shutting down this economy. Marty has talked to you about it. I've talked to you about it. They shut down the economy back in March of 2020. Why? Because they were killing the small business owner. They were killing the small manufacturer. They were killing the um, employees, literally. Because what happens when they can't work? Well, now they can't pay any bills, and the magical dominoes fall. And what happens? Then you have very real repercussions. And some people couldn't handle it. You look back in the year 2020, and you look at the number of self-terminations that took place back in 2020 and 2021. I remember doing a radio show, and a uh, girl that had called in was talking about her neighbor across the street was just a young woman committed suicide right after the announcements. This, ladies and gentlemen, is not acceptable. Because that woman may have self-terminated, but from my perspective, that was a murder. And we're not going to even talking about the fact that they were murdering people in these hospitals and in these old folks' homes for profit. Again, evidence again and again and again. Marty has talked about it. I've talked about it. This should be redundant to the regular listeners on this show. But they needed a body count. But you know what's funny? If you can call it that. I'll use the word funny in quotation marks. In 2020, the amount of people that died was less than the people that died in 2019. Why is that? Oh, another artificial scarcity, health care. 
Well, all these people that were dying because they weren't getting their medicines and this, that, or the other, that was a real thing, and they did die. But you see, there were all of these people that weren't going to the hospitals. We forget, we forget that one of the biggest killers in America is our health care system with prescription drugs. Big Pharma's crap. And then we're not even talking about the clot shots. And because people weren't getting little prescriptions with these pathetic things when we should be using natural cures, natural remedies, which they have made illegal for a reason because Big Pharma, again, can't make money. Cannabis used to be in every doctor's bag. So why do they make it unlawful to have? It's not unlawful to have, but they made it illegal. And then they changed the name of it on top of that. They call it marijuana. It's not marijuana. It's cannabis. And your body was built to use that product. And I don't mean smoking it. I don't give a damn if you use it or not in that capacity. I couldn't care less. But our body has receptors for that. We know that if it's consumed as an edible, where it's not getting you high, it does wonderful things to you. It helps you. Why is that? Because our entire food supply used to have that in it. The cows were out there munching on it. The goats were out there munching on it. Guess what? It was in the food supply. It ain't there anymore. By design. This is the insanity of the world that we're living in. So that's an artificial scarcity that has had real-world repercussions as well. Marty started the show talking about manufacturing and how we had lost our manufacturing base here in America. We forget that in the 30s, when things had gotten bad, World War II came out, all of a sudden we had all these factories producing all these goods. All these war stuff, tanks, airplanes, guns, whatever. But here's the thing. After the war, those factories still existed, and they had the most modern manufacturing base there. And we were producing goods and services for the world. America won World War II because we produced all of the stuff to fight it. We were sending supplies to England. We were sending supplies to Russia. We were sending supplies everywhere. If it hadn't been for America's involvement in World War II, the outcome would have been, I'll say, very different. But in truth, it doesn't. Now, why do you say that, John? Easy. How many times have you heard me say Nazi headquarters was not in Berlin, Germany? It was in New York, New York. The bankers in New York financed Adolf Hitler, direct ties to the Bush crime family. We can also go back to the fact that during World War One, all of a sudden we had that Russian Revolution thing going on again. New York bankers tied with the Vatican, tied with the Rothschild, direct tyranny, direct result. Again, we defeated the German army. And then we murdered a bunch of the prisoners that we took, who we promised to 
take good care of, we let them die. We were just as barbaric as anything that the Nazis did to the Jews and everybody else that they didn't like. We were just as barbaric, and I don't care who this statement offends. Those were war crimes, folks. The same way these war crimes that we are experiencing right now. Crimes against humanity is the term they use. I don't like the word human. Human, hue of man, color of man, monster thing, something that can be owned, something that can be killed. They have an agenda. They are killing off a high percentage of the population with this thing. But more importantly than that, they're also moving us in a direction to see how to transition some of the population into this magical cyborg type thing. They are working. It's a giant science experiment that isn't just in one country or two. They're doing it globally. This is an agenda. But I'm getting off the subject matter of scarcity. But it's all tied in. Agriculture. They've been plowing under crops. They've been having all kinds of issues where land is being bought up. What's one of the things that the crime syndicate in Washington, D.C. is doing now? Mandating that anything that is family-owned and goes to the next generation is taxed, and it's a very high rate. Marty, did you have something? Yes, you talk about agriculture. We do a show here on TS Radio um, once a month with Lawrence Lucas and the black farmers and the land theft. And this is theft. This isn't, they're not just picking up land or they're not just, um, you know, collecting back debt. They, they are absolutely running these people off their property and heirs property that you're talking about. They want to stop the transfer of land and assets to the next generation. The excuse is why should they have a windfall profit? and gain all this it all should be put up for sale but they have taken two and a half million acres just from the black farmers alone when i still lived up north they were busy taking land up in minnesota and wisconsin and they've tried everything this premises id which of course conveys title of your property from you to the usda as owner and you become the operator manager they don't even allow the black farmers that. They just absolutely do everything they can to destroy them and get them off the land. Um, agriculture is a big thing. Bill Gates now owning 300,000 plus acres of prime agricultural land. Why? And then we have the USDA coming out and deregulating corn and soy genetically modified. It's not going to be regulated, not that it was to any real extent anyway. But this is you're you're dead on there with the agriculture thing and they started with the black farmers figuring that this was the easiest mark they are denied loans or given far smaller loans than what they should have gotten um it, it's it's an absolute absolute mess and uh, of course we got congress sitting there with its thumb up as proverbial behind doing nothing this is a plan in action you are absolutely right they're going to wipe them out first and they're already starting on some of the smaller white farmers but um 
you're going to see all the black farmers wiped out before this is over if this isn't stopped. And it is to take that land. We ain't making any more land. So they got to get it somewhere. So we'll go after the people that few people will stand up for. But anyway, go ahead, John. Exactly, Marty. Now, when we think about how they are stealing from us, land is critical. I was recently dealing with an uh, individual there, I was reading about it, where a family had lost a job in 2020. And so what did they do? They took all the resources and they said, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to buy a little bit of land. We're going to start up a homestead. Now, they didn't have the money to build a house there, but they started doing that. They got in some critters, and they had their little RV, and they were set up. And then something happened. The neighbor, who didn't particularly like them very much, decided to, oh, call in the city on them or the county. I can't remember which one. It doesn't matter showed up. Now, the guy had done his research. He had done his research, and everything that he was doing there was lawful and under code. But because he didn't have a permanent structure there, they forcefully removed him and his family from the land. Do you think, folks, for a minute, that that man who just lost his job could afford to go to all those extra expenses? especially since he now had animals he had to take care of and everything else. And it doesn't matter that he hadn't broken any laws. It doesn't matter that he was within their own statutes and codes because when these people target you, the game is over. It is really over. And that's the problem that we're seeing. Now, the guy's first mistake was inviting building and codes on to the property. That was his first mistake. Any of those sons of bitches show up at your front door, you tell them to stay where they're at. You get them off your property and you get them off fast. Now, back, uh, I can't remember, 15, 20 years ago when they had that proverbial chicken outbreak of something where they were trying to terminate his boatload of chickens, some of these people that were raising chickens would meet those people at the front door holding a gun. Get off my property right now. Guess what happened? They got to keep the chickens. But if they'd let that son of a bitch onto their property and they inspect that chicken coop, believe you me, those chickens wouldn't have survived. You have to realize this is a war. And I've said it again and again and again. And again, I don't care who it offends when I tell you the truth, that a war has been declared on you. I'm a United States citizen. I have rights. No, you're a first, you're a 13th and 14th Amendment debt slave. You have no rights. You have privileges. You own no property. You're their bitch. Time that we stood up to them. Held them accountable for their multitude of war crimes and brought back peace and justice. Law is simple. Do no harm. 
everything that comes out of these quote unquote cities, counties, states, the feds doesn't matter. It's all unlawful. One hundred percent of it. See, we don't get taught what words mean. And you've heard me talk about legalese again and again and again. Do you understand does not mean do you comprehend. It means do you stand under me? Are you going to let me abuse you? Are you going to become my bitch? The truth of the matter, folks. And it's time to wake up to that truth. So when you see the world as it truly is, as the world truly exists, and you see the corruption, and you see the problems. See, there's a statement that I really like. You get the government that you deserve. I promise you, ladies and gentlemen, Americans have the government they deserve. Because we consented to the criminality for too many decades. And the truth is, we didn't know any better. Well, those days are over with. And if you've been listening to this show at all, you already know these things. Stop consenting to the tyranny, and maybe we can change things. But the problem is, when you have a corrupt government, all of a sudden the people start getting corrupted. You know, the question is always asked, do governments corrupt the people, do people corrupt the government? Well, it depends on which angle you want to look at. We know for a fact that the politicians are bought and paid for. I mean, that's no secret. That's common sense. Look at all the people writing big checks to these people. And then have some little individual go up there and say, hello, help me. Going back to that family a few minutes ago. Talking about their little homestead. They went up to their congresswoman. Congresswoman even took a picture with the little girl. She helping at all? Of course not. They're not there for you, folks. Your country was sold out long before you were born. It's only becoming more obvious now because the new owners are busy taking charge of their property and you were sold right along with them. That land that you think you own calls you a tenant, means you're a renter. On top of that, you've had a rationing of health care. Now, we talked about this under Obamacare when they were trying to pass it. Ladies and gentlemen, if you pass this crap, they are going to start rationing your health care. Oh, no, they're not. <laughs> when did it pass? Mid-2000s, early 2000s, I think. Took less than 10 years. How many people have died because of lack of health care? Right now, there's a guy needing a kidney. They told him in order to get the kidney, he had to take the clot shot. And he's a young man. He'd do very well. He'd survive the surgery, assuming his body took the new kidney. Told him if he didn't take it, he gets taken off that list. And here's the scary part. The lady on the other end of the phone telling this to the man, 
she was doing it like he was ordering a coffee and she just didn't have the coffee that he had ordered. She had zero care concern. And he told her off close and personal, hey, I'm not going to take it. I would rather die free. Commitment, folks. And he's got a wife and a young individual. But again, we don't want to talk about rationing health care because, oh, we'd never do that. You know what this thing is doing to people? It's destroying what little bit of health care system we had left. See, there was still some doctors out there and some nurses out there that had real integrity that wanted wanted to make sure their people, their patients were safe and we could help them. What happens when they know what's going on and say, oh, we're not going to go along with this? More importantly, we're going to be whistleblowers telling you how these injections are killing people and injuring people. They get fired. They get censored. You know what artificial scarcity looks like? You haven't seen anything yet in the healthcare field. You say, well, that's no problem. I'm going to go to the local homeopath. I'm already squared away with that. Yeah, that's great. Except they're killing people like that. Just before this pandemic, a couple years before they did this, they were busy murdering all the homeopaths that were helping to heal people that had been vaccine damaged. These would have been the frontline troops to help people who've been damaged by this injection. But God, we can't have those people out there exposing the fact that we did damage to these people. It might upset them killing them for profit and we're injuring them for profit and that we're playing science games for profit. Science experiments. Go ahead, Marty. Yeah, I had a question come in here. Uh, They say you keep talking about banking, but what about singularity? Um, I'd like the question clarified, but my answer is that everything is singular. See, okay. once you see the, how the once you see how this entire system is set up, it's all a part of the same thing. Remember, folks, I've explained this. When you can sit there and you can look at a part of the problem, this is called compartmentalization. This is why corporations compartmentalize people. They want you to be an expert on one little area, but they don't want you to be an expert in all areas. Now, Henry Ford said something. He was asked a question once. He was asked the question, how do you know all the answers? To which Ford replied, I don't, but I do know who to ask. You see, I didn't get to this level by keeping compartmentalized. I've explained that I knew the Federal Reserve was a criminal enterprise when I was 10. I knew U.S. Inc. was a criminal enterprise before that. I knew gold and silver were money. And I knew life was important. And in all of this, yes, you see little parts. But I never looked at the little parts and says, oh, okay, that's neat. I looked at the little parts and says, wow, that's interesting. How does it fit in with the bigger picture? Tie it in with some of this other stuff. 
And when you see it in its entirety, which is what I do and why I explain it to you folks so that you can tell people when they ask what's going on, believe me, I would have loved to have met me when I was 10 or 15 because the knowledge I have now that I share freely with all of you cost me almost everything I had that mattered to me. But that's okay. Because the repercussions of that, I have helped more people, kept more people alive, helped them see through the fraud, helped them save their young people from the criminal cabal. All of this has played a part. But it wasn't a knowledge of a little bit over here and a little bit over here. It was a wholesale knowledge acquired over a lifetime of study to be able to sit there and say, I've got 45 years of studying something on a journey I started when I was six. When my mother told me about a man named Kennedy murdered and a cover-up. I was a voracious reader. I learned military history. I learned economics. I learned business. I was learning this stuff as a kid. Most people, even in their 30s, 40s, and 50s, don't want to take the time to do that. They're more interesting with what's playing a Dancing with the Stars or Days of Our Lives or the propagandized BS masquerading as news. Oh, Anthony Fauci's got something else to tell me. Oh, my goodness, there's another million. Trauma-based mind control, people. Marty and I told you that back in May of 2020, not 2021, 2020. Marty and I told you, you can go back and listen to the show. That's a timestamp, ladies and gentlemen. We told you what was coming. Oh, you want a timestamp, though? That's nothing. That's nothing. Hold on a minute. I'm here to tell you, folks. What have you heard me say over and over again? They have to tell you what they're going to do before they do it. They have to. That's part of the contract. And I'm not psychic. I don't have a crystal ball. I don't read TVs. None of that crap matters. All I did is look at what they said they were going to do and they did it. But I heard something interesting today. For those of you who don't know him, his Dr. Vernon Coleman. Dr. Vernon Coleman, he's been all over this like a cheap suit, too. He's been calling it a fraud since the beginning. Well, he had something interesting to say in episode 302, which I saw today. It's only a few days old. A Dr. Richard Day, he was a professor, went to a conference and told everybody everything that has happened in the last three years. In the last three years, everything he said would happen, happened. But you know what's really interesting about this conversation we had? Marty, can you guess what year it was that he gave the speech at the conference? No, I'm afraid to even think. 1969. Oh, wow. I wasn't born yet. In other words, it was put out 50 years ago, 52 actually, 53, 
from my perspective. This is the world we're living in. This is the world we're living in. And remember, this is about stealing everybody's resources. They're killing off the elderly. They're stealing their retirement accounts. They're crashing the system. And we warned you about it, folks. It hasn't stopped. The difference is we're giving you the heads up in advance so that you can prepare for what's taking place. Because remember, we're telling you what's happening in the future now. You heard it here. I'm telling you this hoax is basically over. This coronavirus crap is about to go away permanently in the next six months. Timestamp this, Marty. Timestamp this. Why? Because it's time to move on to the next thing. What's the next hope? Carbon credits, global warming. Well, we heard about the global warming scam from that guy that was realizing he was being recorded over there at the Communist News Network. Or the Clinton News Network. It depends on how you want to look at it. Project Veritas has him talking about Global warming is going to be the next thing. That was, what, a year ago that that video came out, something like that? Uh-huh. John? Knowledge? Uh, yes, how, how are they explaining global warming? <laughs> when here, and even in the South, we are having one of the coldest winters on record, including snow and ice rolling in and hitting us up north where I did live. They're looking at 30 and 40 below. Um, this past summer down here was not near as warm as it normally is. And I saw where scientists had said uh, the planet isn't heating up. It's actually cooled by about two degrees, which is massive for the earth. And But all of this carrying on, and they just came out and talked about a big ice glacier um, breaking off over, a, I can't even remember where it was, uh, in the Antarctic, I believe, uh, this big chunk of ice. Oh, it was terrible. It was, they do this all the time. Big pieces of, you know, whole city-sized glaciers will come apart, split. If you've ever been on a lake up north in the winter and heard a nice shear, it's when it gets so cold. It gets so cold that, that it actually shears itself. It sounds like a gunshot going out across the lakes, and the ice will heave up. And you have see water temporarily come to the surface. It'll freeze right up. But this is why anybody gets excited about this. I don't know. I've seen this <laughs> in slow motion in real life on a miniature scale. And But this happens all the time. But, there, you know, the, the idea that people are looking – and, you know, they're living it day to day and yet listening to this crap about climate change and, oh, it's getting too warm and the planet's getting too hot. And is it? No, it isn't. Look at where you're living. Look at the last year. The variance in temperatures. This is this isn't true. Um, I. And yet you see people clinging on to this like, you know, we're all going to die because the planet's going to heat up. Oh, please. Quite frankly, at this point in time, I wish it would heat up a little bit. I'm cold. But go ahead, John. 
<laughs> okay, well, you brought up an interesting point that it wasn't on my notes, so I, let me add that. We forget that they're geoengineering this entire planet. Now, geoengineering watch, you can go over there and read some stuff about it, but we've been talking about it. I mean, I've been following that conspiracy since the early 80s. And, you know, they're still trying to use the hoax. Oh, that's just water particles. Yeah, you got all these aircraft up there doing these uh, checkerboard patterns. But that's just that's just water particles. And they even admit to it now. They've been admitting to right. the geoengineering for a decade. But the fact checkers still check me on that. Anytime well, I include the a link on that. Yeah, <laughs> tell the fact checkers to check this. There is an Air Force document. I wrote about this some years back. Have the document. Called and they testified in front of the U.S. Senate about this. It's called Weather as a Force Multiplier, Owning the Weather in 2025. And it talks about creating these bizarre weather patterns, causing extreme cold in normally warm places, causing severe droughts, you know, the flooding, all of this stuff, and how it's a weapon of war. You can really control it and how the Russians were way ahead of us on this. But they've been doing this. This is what you're seeing. You're not seeing natural weather cycles. And one of my first experiences with this was up in Minnesota here about five years ago. We were dropping down to 50 and 60 below with wind chills of 75 to 100 below. They said it was a polar vortex. I looked that up, never heard of such a thing before, couldn't find anything on it. It was a term they invented, and people said, oh, that's what it is. It's a polar vortex. It is a lie. You have that harp installation in Gokonka, Alaska, 32 acres of Raytheon antennas that they use to zing the ionosphere with. You have 14 floating harp stations in the North Atlantic alone. They are screwing with the weather to make you believe that we've we've wrecked the climate it's just we've wrecked it uh they wrecked the climate and i don't know if what they have done is reversible if it's temporary i don't know but you add that to the chemtrails i and now we've got drones that are spewing something out as they fly overhead in the middle of the night um there's some sort of mist emanating from them and we're trying to track, John, the so-called clusters of Omicron and COVID in areas where these have been spotted. Dispersal. How are they getting people sick? And I don't think near as many people are sick as they claim. But anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. I had to throw all that in there. Don't be sorry, Marty. This is our show. This isn't my show tonight. This is our show. It always has been. In fact, any time that you pipe in, it always gives me another angle to attack. Okay? So since we're on the subject matter of geoengineering, I want to remind everybody that we've been controlling the weather since the 1960s. There was a unit that their motto was make mud, not war. Where they were using weather warfare to make mud on the Ho Chi Minh Trail, so it complicated the bringing down of supplies to reinforce the uh, Vietnamese, Northern Vietnamese Army. We forget that. We forget that they use hurricanes, they use tornadoes. These are tools 
to control populations and to clear land. These are facts, and we've talked about they also use lasers and how all these houses magically go up in flames, but the yards and the trees are just fine. Cars' engines are melted, dead body inside the car, completely skin completely eaten away, but that's okay. That's natural from a fire. Uh-huh. No, it's not. One other point that we're on the subject, remember, part of what they're spraying is aluminum. And I'm here to tell you that's destroying farmland. That is destroying farmland. It makes it much more difficult for the crops to grow. But again, this is just conspiracy theory, right? It doesn't matter if there's, there's all this evidence and congressional inquiries and records that have been revealed and all that stuff. Y'all just keep going back to sleep. It's okay. Education and knowledge is all it's going to take, folks. Knowledge is education applied. The problem is, even with the knowledge and applying it and sharing it, unless people use it, it means nothing. See, we've been indoctrinated to be good little slaves. And we fit the role perfectly. And when I sit here and say we have to change our thinking, you can't become free through a contract. You can't become free through begging your corporate owners to leave you alone. See, freedom is a mindset, ladies and gentlemen. This is the reason they don't want to have an open dialogue about anything. Not about the coronavirus hoax. Not about how government actually works. Not about the fraud of the legal system. Oh, that was a point I was going to be making a minute ago. Folks, the words legal and lawful, early dictionary, the word lawful meant in God's law, i.e. do no harm. The word legal meant undermining God's law. You look at what the legal system does. Is any of that ethical or moral? No. It's undermining God's simple law of do no harm. So anyway, moving on. Housing shortages. We see all these people sitting there. Oh, they're homeless. What changed? Well, they lost their jobs. The banks came in and foreclosed, kicked them out. Again, all of this fraud. The repercussions have only just started to be felt. The economy has crashed hard. Businesses that have been owned for generations are gone now. And even if somehow they came back from the dead, all those employees that they'd kept around, well, they've moved on to other jobs because they had to take care of themselves. They have shaken up the entire world, a.k.a. pulled the rug out from under you. 
The object is to keep everybody on their toes, to keep them in a state of perpetual fear. Trauma-based mind control. I lost my job today. That's a real thing, folks. I don't know how to pay the bills. Do you know how many families say that? The world of 2019 was bad enough. But we're never going to see those quote-unquote good old days again. Because everything that's happened since March of 2020 has been designed to change our world to this global economic reset, this new central bank digital currency, and to enslave finally and fully the population, that which survives the mass kill-off anyway. Microchips. We've been talking about that for a while. They're missing. They don't have them. This is the reason that the car dealerships are not loaded down with cars. I talked to a guy who was in a trucking company. They rented trucks. He says he's got a fleet of, I think he said 10 trucks that were not functional because he couldn't get a $200 part. Ten trucks! Not functional because he couldn't get a $200 microchip. Now, if you've been listening to the show with Marty and me, I talked last year, last year, middle of the year somewhere, about we went to go get some uh, paint. And the interesting thing was, the supply of paint that we were, what we were looking for, they didn't have. And the paint that was on display across all those shelves was the exact same paint can with the exact same paint in it. They were doing that so it wouldn't look empty because the paint wasn't being delivered to him. Now, that was just paint shortages on food and yes at least we got toilet paper right now we'll see how long that lasts until the next panic this is why I keep reminding everybody don't get into panic mode let other people panic just buy a little bit extra every time you go to the grocery store or every time you go to your favorite shop buy a little bit of extra this that or the other don't overdo it just buy a little bit extra that way, when things really get bad, you're not a problem contributing to a bigger problem. And more importantly than that, you can help others get through their problems as well. But that was just one thing. Wood. This, I think, it was the last show or the show before that. We get a lot of our wood from Canada. The construction site I'm working on right now, the guy that's doing the project, I noted that his wood was coming from Canada. And I said something to him. I says, you've got issues. He says, yeah. And he, we were talking about a piece of equipment that he had bought last year. And between last year and this year, that piece of equipment went up $3,000. For a big old auger on the front of a piece of heavy equipment, three thousand dollars. Go ahead, Marty. Um, when it comes to logging up in Minnesota, 
the what they call the Big Wood, which is where the timber line starts, about 60 miles north of where I live. Bemidji across the state east to west is kind of the mar- line of demarcation. Everything from there up is what's called the Big Wood. It is absolutely one of the most fabulous, beautiful places, natural, that you will ever see what's left of it. They are clear-cutting it. And all the way up to Boundary Waters, all of those rough-cut timbers are loaded onto trucks and taken to the um, uh, port there in Duluth. And they are loaded onto ships and shipped to China, who then mills them and sells us back our own lumber. Um, I got a problem with that. And... When you look at, too, something that always jumps up here for me is hemp. Hemp will replace about 50% of the use of trees for paper, fabric, this, that, and something else. This is why they outlawed it, and several states have brought it back out and said, yes, you can grow it. It is one of the fastest renewing crops out there, and they do everything they can to stop you from growing it. But like I say, you talk about wood, here, one of the most pristine, beautiful areas of the country, the big woods, northern Minnesota. Get it down, and I mean down to the ground. The first I saw of it was deer season up there. Um, There was about a five-mile swath of land, uh, former timber, that was cut clear to the ground about a mile wide, just a strip when they first started. I called the DNR there when we got back and said, why are you doing this? And the agent said to me, oh, he said, it's to help the wildlife. And he said, the small game and stuff, I said, so you're taking down the canopy. You're taking down the, the, what they use for uh, shelter, where they live, and you're destroying the food supply. How does this help them? And he hung up on me. And But this is going on all over the country, John. They're taking our assets, shipping them off to a foreign country, most notably China, and then we're buying them back. Now, I'm sorry, i got a problem with that, but go ahead. Well, you're not wrong, Marty, and let's keep a couple other things in mind. Um, you brought up hemp, which I love. Remember, Ford made a car built with hemp, very strong car, by the way, and hemp can be used for fuel. That goes back to our oil discussion earlier today. The other point you were making about these old trees that they're busy milling and shipping it off and all that other kind of crap, that's not all they're doing. All this geoengineering stuff is also poisoning trees. One of the talk show hosts I was listened to on a regular basis was talking about the fact that on his Texas ranch, these trees, these old oak trees that are hundreds of years old are dying. And they brought in experts to look at them, make sure there wasn't some kind of a tree blemish, you know, some kind of animal that was causing a problem. No, it's that crap they're spraying. Again, folks, this is by design. This is all by design. But when you think about it, I mean, honestly, give it a heartfelt thought and see how they're playing their little games. We've got artificial scarcity, which is causing problems. Now, today, we went 
and we were talking, we were at an electrical shop, and we were looking to buy a part for that. And here's this conversation in a nutshell. The guy looking for a part, they called their suppliers. They couldn't find their suppliers having one. Okay? And why? Because factories had shut down and never came back to life. So that part's not being produced, and he needs it for this construction job. But more than that, the guy says, well, next month I'm supposed to get in some parts that my friend's going to need. Do you know when he ordered those, Marty? August of 2021. Oh, jeez. August of 2021. Ladies and gentlemen, Anything that you have at home is costing more. Now, one of my friends went out and was buying new appliances for his home. And they didn't have them in stock, and they weren't going to be getting it in for months. He finally got tired of waiting and went to a different supplier to buy what they had on the floor. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a real problem. Now, this is artificial scarcity because it was not done through business, okay? Businesses didn't shoot themselves in the foot. This wasn't done by businesses. This was done by corporations masquerading as governments with an agenda behind them. You have to realize that. So start thinking in your minds. Really think what is important to you and your life. Let me give you a rundown of the basics. It's the hierarchy of needs. You can do a quick Google search or whatever your favorite search engine, spy engine is. You have to have food in your stomach, obviously air. Those are your two big ones. You have to have clothes. You have to have some kind of cover. You have to have water. And then you can slowly move out from there. But your core needs, your core needs are being healthy and having food and having somewhere safe to lay down your head. And this is what they've targeted. They are doing everything that it can to undermine us to keep us in a state of fear. They are plowing under crops. They're paying more to the farmers to bury their crops and destroy them than they are to allow the farmers to go out and sell the stuff on the market. And you wonder why your grocery aisles don't seem to be as full as they used to. Do you think it's going to stop now? Oh, ladies and gentlemen, it's only just started. Now, there's still going to be food available in the future. Don't get me wrong. There will be. But you better be banking in order to be able to afford to buy it. So what are your options? Well, the obvious one is get some silly seeds. You better learn how to grow your own groceries, folks. These victory gardens from World War II, you notice they're not encouraging people to do that anymore. Why? Because victory gardens helped carry the country. Well, in a world that's gone mad, that can carry you today. But if you're not prepared for what's coming in the next six months, one year, 
two years, five years, and you're still going to be dependent on this thing called government and this thing called the Federal Reserve note, which isn't going to even exist anymore because they're all going digital to the central bank digital currency. I, I'm redundant on that. If you are going to count on them, you are going to be left wanting and desperate. And it could cost you your life. See, what Monty and I are doing has been to educate people and save lives. To help people through. This crime syndicate doesn't have this all wrapped up. It isn't in a nice little bow. They wouldn't censor the hell out of us if we weren't having a legitimate counter-movement to their criminal activities. This is why I do my 134 crimes of government agents, and that was only two hours of me thinking about it. Good God, I could probably double that number if I actually spent a day or two thinking hard. But we have to start depending upon each other. If we sit here and are always depending upon this entity called government and their agents, they will not only leave us wanting, they will end up being the death of us. And that's not me being melodramatic. That's me being honest with you. But most importantly, you have to be able to depend on you. And if you're not prepared to be able to be a jack of many trades, not just a few, that magical statement, jack of all trades, master of none, nobody ever finishes that statement. Master of one, you don't want. You want somebody who's a master of many things because you can then use those multitudes of different skills to survive. See, in the days of old, none of this would be possible. All the people that died during the Great Depression because they went hungry, that would not have been possible a hundred years earlier. Why? Because a hundred years earlier, everybody and their brother was a farmer. Everybody was. Common sense. You grew your own groceries. You had some chickens. You had a cow for milk and blah, blah, blah. That was normal. Think of how different things are now 90 years later. Because now almost nobody has a farm. All your agribusinesses, those are multi-thousands of acres farms with heavy equipment and all this other stuff. That's not your mom and pop farm. And don't go looking for the agri-farms to save you. They're busy growing GMO crops and designed with plants to kill you. Force you to buy their genetically modified seeds so that you're dependent upon them. And those plants that they grow off of those seeds, they don't produce seeds that you can turn around and plant in the ground and grow another crop. Thinking about the old ways. You better start thinking outside the box, and you better start recognizing that you are in a war, and real people with really bad intentions are really trying to kill you. Final thing I'm going to put out there, again, going back to oil, they shut down the pipeline as soon as this piece of trash 
theoretically got elected and don't get me started i didn't like either of the candidates so i didn't vote for any of them i don't vote for my slave masters but going back to the electricity issue in texas last year we had an issue in texas where there were parts of texas that had never gotten cold going back to that weather warfare thing what happened texas said hey we need a waiver because our little windmills ain't going to cut it. We need to turn on our oil furnaces and turn on our power plants. No. So what happened? We had the cold snap, you had the snow, and you had all those people that did not build houses for cold environments because they live in Texas die freezing to death. And you know what their electric bills were? Hundreds of dollars a day. A day. That's real, folks. Realize it's a criminal system. It's a criminal enterprise. And you are their slave. You are their subject. And you are there to be plundered and pillaged. So you better figure out how to get outside their system to survive their criminal activity and to help wake other people up because that's the only hope any of us have. This is why I've spent my entire last several years of my life concentrating on teaching people what's really going on. Believe me, I'd much rather be watching television, spending quality time with my kids, and reading a good book. But no, here I am in a war that I haven't stopped fighting for longer than I can remember. I can't remember a time I wasn't fighting in this war, a time when I wasn't the tip of the spear, the very point of it, exposing the corruption and how it happened, where it happened, when it happened, who did it, who they are. For all these truckers going to... Up there to the criminal enterprise, Washington, the district of criminals, I would tell you to turn around and go back home. How many times have I said Washington, D.C. is one of the three city states? It has nothing to do with America, the Vatican, home of the criminal enterprise. City of London, the bitch of the Vatican, that's where your banking headquarters and that's your legal center. And then the military center, the Washington District of Criminals. We've been in a war as a country our entire existence, folks. You will never know peace when you have been bred to be a warrior. But they haven't bred you to be warriors lately, have they? No. They want you to roll over and do what you're told as sheeple people. Get your backbone back, folks. Your life really does depend upon it. Do you, Marty? You know, and in listening to everything that's – the other night, John, just for – to see what was going on, I tried listening, and I think it was NBC News. I listened to 20 minutes of nothing but drivel nonsense stuff that didn't mean anything while the world is collapsing around us. I switched over to um, Newsmax. Same thing. Just a bunch of who who didn't like who and who said this and um, now I'm mad and 
you know, and did you see a raindrop fell down in Florida? I, it just, I thought people aren't, aren't actually sitting and listening to this, but they are. They are, and they think this is news. There is no news there. The thing is, why do you think they censor the neb like Facebook so much? Because that's where the real news is. That's where the real reporting is happening. And it's sure there's some loony stuff on there, but I think we're all uh, adult enough to figure out what is and isn't. And But the censoring and the pulling down of articles and even graphics that they don't like. Um, this is just, I, I have never seen such a gargantuan effort, not only to control information, but what information you get. And I wanted to give everybody a warning. Um, Homeland Security has now given the CIA and the FBI authority to do what they call keyword warrants. If they're tracking you on the net, and let's just say you open up your browser and you type in some word. If it's on their list of possible domestic terrorism, they can issue a warrant storm your house just on you researching something. So be careful what you do. Um, there, are, there are browsers out there you can use supposedly don't allow tracking, but we know that there's far more out there that allows them to do whatever they want. But the idea that just simply using a word and having a warrant issued for you, I think is the, you get a clue here, people, get a clue. There, There's things they want you to know, but only the way they want you to know it. And there's other things you're just bombarded with crap that means nothing, absolutely Nothing. One of the things I saw recently, John, was they could not figure out why people weren't so enthralled with celebrities anymore. That used to be a highly trafficked area, and it still is to some degree. I don't care what those people are doing. They don't have anything to do with my life. They were using them to get certain political messages out and how it was becoming more difficult because so many fewer people were accessing those sites. And then we've got all these politicians. I swear, I don't know what happens to people when they get elected to office. It's like, I don't know. It's like they've been programmed or something. But the idea that you hold an office and you will not stand up and protect and defend the people that elected you. And you lie to them. And you participate in things that's going to harm them. I don't know how you do that in good conscience. When did, where did you leave your morals, your integrity? Are you going to pick them up again? These are things I want to know. But we, we are, we're going to have to do something. I think this is one of the few shows, John, that actually touches on relevant information, and yet it scares so many people. They've been so dumbed down, so numbed, to anything of any importance, they'd rather believe the fluff and buff because I guess it's easier and it doesn't scare them so bad. I am afraid. I'm afraid of what's coming at us, what's happening to us. I am afraid because too many of us are apathetic and complacent. And I'm afraid of our own government. It isn't foreign terrorists we need to fear. The terrorists we need to fear are sitting in D.C.,
The enemy is inside the gate. Now you have to figure out what to do about it. With that said, we're going to close down for the evening. John, thank you so much. As always, it's just a a head full of information. These shows are brought to you in coordination with Marcel Reed and what will be the new Whistleblower Summit in D.C. Um, I doubt we'll be able to have an in-person summit this year, but we will be doing something. And whatever Marcel comes up with, we're with her. And I want to thank her for her support for these shows. Um, It has been tremendous. To everybody who tuned in, thank you so much. And again, just as a reminder, I will no longer take calls from blocked numbers, from um, what comes in as a 111 number or area code 202, access denied. I'll bounce you right out of here. Uh, I found out some things about that that I found were quite unsettling. But anyway, everybody, thank you for tuning in. John, again, thank you so much. And we will see you all next week. Good night, everyone. Good night, world.